Well, good morning. Welcome this morning to Paradise Valley Christian Church. Welcome those online. Thanks for being together. And again, if you're brand new, we have these little connect cards that are out at the hub, at the kiosk. You can just quickly fill it out. There's a QR code. If you want to scan it with your phone, fill it out online. We'd love for you to do that. There is a battle going on. Uh, There is a spiritual battle that is waging war on your soul, and I pray that you spend more and more time in the Word of God in order that you may be ready for that battle. And I pray that we realize that God can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine, just as these posters on the sides speak about from Ephesians chapter 3, that we can go to God for that strength. He can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And our hope here at PV is that we continue to grow as disciples that are discipling other people. And so we're going to the source, which is Jesus, to learn how to do that. And so we're in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. We're going to be getting in verse 1, going through verse 20. And so as we continue through this year-long study, uh, our hope again is that we continue to dive deep into what God's Word is speaking to our hearts about. Mark, chapter 4, verse 1. And the title of the message this morning is, Why some people just don't get it. Why some people just don't get it. Have you ever had those individuals that you've interacted with in life that they just don't really understand why you believe in God? They don't understand why you go to church. They just have no idea of why it would be important to believe in something that you can't see and to live according to words that were written thousands of years ago. They, They just don't get it. Maybe it's someone that's a family member like we talked about last week. Maybe it's a really close friend. Maybe it's the person next to you. Oh, wait, no, wait, hopefully not, okay, all right? And have you ever had to deal with those individuals that just don't get it when it comes to God and their need for God in their lives? I wonder, why won't these people just surrender their life over to the truth of the lordship of who Jesus really is? Why is there this disconnect? Why, what, they don't just really, they don't put things together between everyday life and eternal life. They, they don't realize the truth of what, the fact that we live in a world that was created by a creator. That that creator wants a relationship with us as his creation, and yet because of sin in our lives, That has caused a division, a divide, a a chasm between us and a holy God. And yet God created a plan for us to come back into relationship with him through the perfect sacrifice of his one and only son, Jesus. And because of what Jesus was was willing to do for us on the cross, we have the freedom to come and accept that grace, that gift of forgiveness through the blood of Jesus But yet some people still, they don't get it. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We need Jesus, amen? I mean, that's just the reality of life. I don't know how anybody does life without Jesus in it. It just boggles my mind to try to somehow imagine what my life would be like without Jesus a relationship with Jesus. And so Jesus shares this parable with us this morning that gives us a little insight into why some people just don't get it. The same message is given 
But there are different responses, and I'm sure you've experienced that in your life. I experienced it uh, just the other day. I'm, I'm a coaching Bria and Brady's soccer uh, team, and so it just kind of it kind of fell into my lap. I said I might be willing to, and I showed up to the meeting that, yep, you're the coach. Okay, so I'm the coach of Bria and Brady, and so I kind of introduced myself to the parents. I said, my name's Charles Gwynn. I'm the preacher at Paradise Valley Christian Church, and I guarantee you that the same message that I shared with all those parents, some of them were probably thinking, oh, good, all right, a preacher, we, sh- we can trust him, we, sh- we should be able to, you know, let our kids be, you know, coached by him, but I guarantee you there's probably some other people that they heard that same message of preacher, Paradise Valley Christian Church, and they thought, oh, great, here we go, some guy that wants to guilt trip me into going to church, right? So th- there's, this two, there's these two responses We have the same message, but different responses. And so as I share from God's word this morning, there's there's four different responses that come out in these verses. Four things, one of four things that you are going to be, that will be one of your responses when you hear the message. And Jesus said that some of you are going to hear, and your hearts are going to be so hard, that before you even get home, you're going to be kind of coming making up stuff in your head, and, and Satan's going to come in, and, and there's going to be this, ah, uh, that didn't really apply to me, or I didn't quite understand that, and so I'm just going to, ah, who cares, you know, I, I could care less. And some of you are going to really be excited about what you hear, and it's just going to b- remain on the surface, though. It, it, it's never really going to go deep. There's not going to be any real growth that takes place because of it, and some of you are going to be eager to apply the message. You think, okay, yeah, okay, Monday I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work. I'm going to add that, and I'm going to really make sure that God remains my focus this week. And then you get sidetracked during the week, and all those good intentions kind of go out the window. And then there's some of you that are going to take what God has given you, and you're going to share it with those around you. There's, there's going to be those that are going to grow because of your interactions with those individuals in your life. And those are the four options today. Hard, hard-hearted, surface-level, sidetracked, or fruitful. And I'm going to ask this at the beginning. I'm going to ask this again at the end. I wonder, which one are you this morning? What response will you have to God's word. My prayer is that as the seeds of God's word go out, as they're broadcasted out, that each and every one of you will hear it with a soft heart. Will you pray with me? Father, this morning our our desire is for you to be center focus of everything that goes on here this morning. And sometimes we create things as humans that work well from a human standpoint, but God, more than anything, we want you from a spiritual standpoint to to cause change, to cause uh, new ideas, to create transformation in our lives, that we would have renewed hearts and minds through your word. And so, God, we look to you for that this morning. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. And so we're going to start in Mark chapter 4, verse 1. We're going to look at the purpose of the parables. That's the first thing I want us to look at this morning. We're going to look at two things, the purpose of the parable parables and the purpose of this parable and because it's the first of many parables jesus is going to use we want to make sure we kind of understand what a parable is where we're going what jesus is using you know and how he's wanting to use this so the purpose of parables as we get going here in mark chapter 4 i want to read verses 1 and 2 
And we're just going to kind of break this up so you can remain seated. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. Many things by parables. And we see here in verse 1, the crowds have not kind of dwindled down yet. There's still a lot of people coming to, to hear what Jesus had to say. But more importantly, a lot of them were just coming for what they could get from the healings. And they, they thought, wow, this is, this is neat. This is amazing. And, and so they're there and they're pressing in. And Jesus says, hey, let's get in a boat so we can kind of push back a little bit. And one commentator said, Jesus often used a boat as his pulpit kind of a makeshift pulpit that he got out in and it gave him like a place to speak away from the pressing of the crowds and it provided good acoustics and it was probably a nice backdrop and then in verse 2 it says then he taught them many things by parables and the word parable comes from the idea of to set alongside so as Jesus uses parables the idea that he's trying to get at is this the idea of setting a spiritual truth alongside a daily truth of living. And as I think about Jesus' parables, I think about this idea that the parables of Jesus were unforgettable stories with the purpose of spurring people on to learn about and to live out the good news of the kingdom of God. And I pray that that's what takes place here this morning as well, because Jesus used stories and object lessons in order for people to be able to remember them, to, to grab a hold of them, and to apply them in their lives. And he wanted his disciples to be able to take what he heard, what they heard from him, and then go share it with other people. Guess what? It's true today as it was back then. He wants you to hear, to understand, to accept it, and, and then to be able to go and share it with other people. And I think for many of us, maybe maybe just me, I don't know, but sometimes I might have to like write a few things down to remember or like type in my, you know, phone that I look cool like I'm taking notes on my phone, okay? I mean, those are good things that you can go back then and look at and hear what God and through the Holy Spirit is wanting you to understand this morning. And if you're going to make use of what God has for you, then you have to be willing to come in here with an open heart, right? You can't come in here with, oh, is anybody doing this? Thing? Okay, all right. Uh, it's, for me, that's comfortable to sit like this, but I know that body language, you know, the studies on body language, that looks like you're just like, oh, I don't want to. But sometimes we come in, we kind of cross our arms like, oh, I have to be here. Someone dragged me here. I know I need to be here. I haven't been here for a while. I should be, you know, and it's like, oh, but I can't wait to get out of here because I got this, this, and this, and that to do, and I get, I'm hungry already, you know. I, so it's one of those things where we have to come with an open heart. And not just your open ears, you can't just come hearing it, but you have to, your heart and your mind have to be open to what God is saying to you as well. And so as we look here in chapter 4, it begins this first recorded parable. And, and he goes on to say in verse 3 of chapter 4 through verse 9, it says, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. 
so that they had no so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even a hundred times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And you're thinking this morning, well, I heard it, uh, but do I understand it? Right? I mean, I get that there are four kinds of soils. I I hear that in there. (coughs) But what's the point? What does Jesus mean? And there are times where I tell my kids something, and they don't respond the the way that I think they should respond. And I ask the question, like, did you hear what I said? And usually Brooks, my six-year-old, says, yeah, I heard you, but I don't understand what you mean. You know, that's, I mean, that, I think that's kind of what's going on here in this passage as well. The disciples are kind of in the same boat as, as Brooks there, and they, they hear what Jesus is saying, but they don't quite get it. And I can imagine the disciples discussing after the message that Jesus just shares here, and they're kind of walking, and you have James and Matthew, and they're discussing, and and you have you, Matthew, and he says, he says to James, he says, hey, Jimmy, you know, what did you think of Jesus' message today? And James is saying, well, Matt, uh, I thought it was pretty good. I thought, I thought he did a good job. Well, what did you think, Matt? And, and Matthew says, well, yeah, I thought, I thought Jesus had a lot of good things to say in there. And, and James is all, well, what was your favorite part, Matthew? Um, well, it's the... The part about the seed, right? The part about the seed. And, okay, James like, okay, sure, a part about the seed. But what was your favorite part about the seed? And he's just like, nah, I, I got to go to the bathroom. You know, I mean, he's out of there because he, he didn't know, you know. And, and they're trying to figure this out. And I'm sure they were like most of us when we don't quite, we kind of have an idea what people are talking about. Like when Justin was talking about that medical stuff, we're like, I kind of understand, but I don't really completely understand. And, and so we're like, we just fake it till we make it, right? We're like, oh yeah, right. And we try to ask some questions to sound smart, but we're just trying to get the answers out of them so that we can figure it out. But we kind of, you know, we, we, we nod our head yes, but we really mean no, right? And, and there's this little girl uh, in, in my mother-in-law's uh, class at, at one point when Udonna was teaching, and, and uh, as the story goes, she was, Udonna was quizzing the class on the alphabet and, and uh, asked this one little girl, what, do you know what this, little le- what this letter is? And the, the little girl said, you can tell me. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, that's kind of the way I am sometimes when it comes to the things of God's word, right? And it's like, God, please help me. Like, I, I'm hard, having a hard time figuring out what's going on here. And you can tell me. And so these disciples, they're kind of waiting until the crowd kind of clears out a little bit. And then they come to Jesus and they say, uh, we, we think we understand kind of what you meant by all that. But just in case, why don't you tell us what you meant? And so in verse 10 of Mark 4, it says, When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. They're trying to figure out, well, what did you mean? And, and even Jesus' closest followers, they, they didn't quite get what Jesus was saying, and I think sometimes we kind of get down on ourselves, like, man, I read this passage four times over, and I'm still struggling to figure out what it's really trying to say, and here are Jesus' closest followers, and they don't quite understand, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, is the account from Matthew, and it says, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? I'm sure they're thinking, like, hey, 
you know, we're your straight A students here. We don't even understand what you're getting at here. Why don't you use a different method? Like parables, throw it out. It's not working. Let's use flannel graph, right? Okay. And so they're thinking that there's got to be a different way to go about teaching. And there might be times when you are struggling to know what the Bible is saying, and that's okay. It's okay. If you aren't struggling with passages of Scripture, you're probably reading the Bible way too fast. you got to stop and take a breath and really try to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about through the Word. And I want you to realize is that when the disciples, they didn't quite get it, what did they do? They went to Jesus, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. They, they asked a trusted source. They went to someone they knew they could depend on, and that's who they went to. And when you don't quite get something in the Bible, don't just skim over it and pretend that it's not there. Be willing to dig deeper into God's Word, to go to someone that might be a mentor in your life spiritually that could help you when it comes to understanding a passage. Search it out, and and that's a lot of what Jesus is getting at here in these next verses. In verse 11, it says, He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But those on the outside, everything is said in parables. And then he quotes from Isaiah chapter 6. He says, so that they may be ever seen but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable. And as I'm reading those verses, I'm once again be like, you can tell me? Like, I don't understand what you're getting at here, Jesus. Like, are you saying that you don't want people to understand what you're trying to say? Like, what, what are you getting at? And Jesus points out that those on the inside, they have been given the secret of the kingdom of God. In some translations, they say, say this way, to you has been given the mystery of of the kingdom of God, and you're thinking, well, why does it have to be a mystery? Why is it a secret? Why isn't Jesus, you know, like, make it really easy? And, and I, 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 that's not what he's getting at, okay? And the truth is, in Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, it says, my purpose, this is Paul speaking to the church in Colossae, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, So that they may have the full riches of the complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God. And here's the mystery, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus is the secret. He's the mystery. He's the key that is being revealed. And for those who believe, they're going to understand Those on the inside, they're going to get it. But then Jesus says, but there's also those that are on the outside. And for everybody on the outside, they're they're getting it in parables. By quoting the passage from Isaiah 6, 9, and 10, Jesus explains why he used parables. In teaching by parables, Jesus offered his hearers the opportunity to either dig deep and find the truth or to turn a blind eye to an interesting story. And how many times do we do that? We hear from God's word. We don't quite understand it. Uh, am I willing to dig deeper to figure it out? Or just, uh, that was nice, and move on to something else. 
And all of Jesus' ministry is hidden from those who don't dig deeper. This doesn't make God's truth hidden or mystical or even complicated. It just requires that a person care enough to actually pay attention and be willing to learn. You you have to put forth some effort if you're going to grow. And anyone can do that. It just requires you to be willing to do that. And Jesus didn't use parables to blind people, but because they were blind. Do you you get that? One commentator said it this way. Therefore, Jesus used the parabolic method not in order to blind them, but in order to make them look again. Not in order to prevent them from coming to forgiveness, but in order to lure them to look into it again. It's kind of like a teaser. Like, oh, you don't quite understand what I'm saying? Well, why don't you come find out? Why don't you hear it again? Why why don't you ask some questions? Why don't you dive deeper into it? And one preacher put it this way. The same teaching of Jesus can cause the repentant to receive more and the rebellious to resist more. Same message, two different responses. A few of the Jews of that day were willing to believe and repent, but for the most part, the generation in Israel that walked with Jesus was a generation that heard the kingdom message with their ears, but the mystery of the kingdom of God was hidden from their understanding because their hearts were hardened against the Lord. And according to verse 13 here in Mark chapter 4, if we don't get all that basis of what parables are all about if we don't understand that then it says that you're going to really have a hard time understanding all the other parables because jesus is going to keep using them right it was kind of my dad would always teach math and he would say if you don't understand the concept here on a simple problem in math you're going to have a hard time as it gets more difficult and so we need to understand that these parables are for us to dig deeper into Which brings us to the purpose of this parable. And and you look in chapter 4, verse 14. It says, the farmer sows the word. That's what's being sown, the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30 60 or even a hundred times what was sown and so there's these four different responses to the word going out and in the context i understand the seed that's being sown is the word that's going to bring about salvation in people's life it's the gospel message it's the good news but i also think it can be lots of that things when it comes to broadcasting the truth of god's word and so each one of us has to decide how are we going to respond to it there's four options. 
Are we going to be hard-hearted and allow Satan to snatch away the seed? Or are we going to keep what we hear just on the surface level of our lives and never have it really go deep into our lives? Are, are we going to be sidetracked by the things of this world to the point where it chokes out the word? Or are we going to be fruitful with the seed planted in our lives, accepting it and producing a crop? And so based on what you, your heart is this morning, that will determine how you respond to the message that you're hearing. And so let's quickly touch on each of these responses. The hard-hearted from verse 15 says, Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And as I was kind of thinking about this whole concept of a field and soil and path, and I thought about at our farm in Montana, we drive on different little dirt paths that just are two, you know, ruts in the, in the road as they go down middle, like, fields. So, like, there's a field over here, and there's a rut where we drive, and then there are fields on this side. And to get to the different fields, you just drive these ruts, and, and the more they, they're you drive on them, the harder they get, and they drive trucks on them, and combines, and, and vehicles, and four-wheelers, and, and there's these ruts, this, this path that is taking place, and, and next to the path, then, is some kind of just grass area that's kind of growing, it's having a hard time, it's patchy, just like wild grasses that are being, uh, that are growing amongst like the rocks, okay, and then next to that is a lot of times like weeds that are big, big green like tumbleweed kind of weeds that seem to grow up right on the edge of the field, right on the edge of the good soil, and a lot of times it's there because maybe the, the sprayer didn't quite reach that, those weeds to, to kill those weeds, or the cultivator didn't quite reach out that far to, to get, to cultivate those weeds, but then next to that you have the soil, that, that's being planted in that oftentimes gets the fertilization and is gets the cultivation and, and gets everything that's needed to actually grow. And so you have this picture in your mind where you have this path that's really hard, compact, and then you just kind of have some rocky soil next to that. And then next to that, the, the weeds on the edge of the field and finally the soil. And you, so you think about this, this verse 15 where some people are like the seed along the path. The path is so hard the, 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 the seed just sits on top, and if you notice, the path is the farthest away from the good soil. And as Christians, sometimes we're, we're not where we need to be when it comes to the soil of our lives. We're, we're maybe in the areas of the hard path where we're so far away from where we're supposed to be. And that soil, again, is so hard that the, the seed just sits on top of the ground, which makes it really easy for birds to just come in and snatch that seed up. There, there's no opportunity for the seed to go into the soil at all. In fact, some of you this morning maybe are that soil to the point where even before you get to your cars, Satan will have already swooped in like a bird and snatched that seed out of your life because your heart is hard towards the understanding of what God's word wants you to hear this morning. The Matthew passage, it talks about that, the idea of you're so hard-hearted that you can't understand what God's word is saying. And because of that, you're just like, ah, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'll try next week, you know. And it has no impact, and Satan comes in and snatches that away. And then there, it says there's the surface level. In verse 16 and 17, it says, Otherwise, 
Others, excuse me, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, <clears throat> they quickly fall away. And I saw this take place uh, in youth ministry a lot. We, we would go to camp and, and kids would hear the, the message, the word of God, and man, they would accept it with joy. They would be so excited about hearing what God can do in their lives, how it can change who they are, how it can completely transform the, the, where they're going in life, where, where they're going to spend eternity, and they get excited about that. Some might even come forward and, and make a decision like, man, I really want to study this out, understand God's word better. I might, you know, I'm, I'm getting closer to making a commitment to Jesus Christ, and so we we talk with them, and we come up with a plan like, all right, we're going to go home Friday, and then uh, we're going to start a plan where we're going to you know, have some accountability. We're going to read through Scripture together. And so Sunday morning comes, and I'm so excited for them. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them, and they don't come to church. And I'm thinking, well, what happened? What happened between Friday and Sunday? I mean, and I call them up like, what's going on? Is there something happening? You need a ride to church? What do you need? Oh, I stayed up really late on Saturday, and so I was really tired Sunday morning, so I just couldn't get out of bed. I slept in. I, I'm sorry. I was, and I'm thinking, wait a second. What happened to the joy of accepting the word of God to the point where, like, man, I, I want to go be a missionary to, I can't even make it to church on Sunday morning? Like, Where's the disconnect? And that's what's taking place here where this, the, the roots are not going down deep. They're just staying surface level. And I'm not saying that all those kids, they just went off the deep end. In fact, a lot of them eventually got to where they needed to be, where they really dug deeper into God's word, and they did grow beyond the surface. But just like some of them, some of you here this morning have been going to church for a long time, and you're still a surface level Christian. You're not digging any deeper. You're still on the milk of God's word instead of moving on to solid foods. And Jesus is challenging you. He's saying, hey, are you going to grow in your faith at some point? Are you going to dig deeper? Are you going to put some roots down in this whole Christianity God thing? Or are you just going to stay surface level and then when things are rough in your life because of my word, then you're just going to have things wiped out. If you don't set, send your roots down deep, you aren't going to last the hard seasons of your faith. If you're not willing to learn the truths of God's word, if, if you've not been discipled, if you've not served, if you have not given your life to Jesus, the moment the hard seasons come, and they're going to come, God's word promises it, it will completely wipe out everything that has been growing in your life because you're just surface level. You have to stop being a surface level Christian and go deep in your relationship with God. The third soil is this idea of being sidetracked. It's a group of being sidetracked. And some of you are like, what? What did you say? I'm thinking like, exactly, right? Exactly. You're being sidetracked. It's easy for you to like get off focus, okay? Mark 4, 18 through 19 says, Still others, like seed sown among thorns, Hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. The sidetracked are closer to where the good soil is, and they're trying to grow, 
But the weeds of this world are constantly sidetracking them, choking them out. They, they can't stay focused on growing in this life as they prepare for the next life because they're like that dog in, in the movie Up. Everybody seen the movie Up? They're like, squirrel! You know, like, oh, hey, you know, they're constantly going here and there, and, and they're constantly being sidetracked. And if you're here this morning and you're having a hard time even staying focused on hearing what God wants you to hear this morning because you're worrying about, oh, man, I still have this to do today and that to do today, and, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to pay that bill and this bill, and oh, man, I might have to get a second job, and what, how can I make more money so that I can be better, you know, sat, f- comfort and you know, all these things and all these things. Oh, what about that new thing I wanted to buy? The only way I'm going to be able to buy that is like, and we have all these distractions from this life, the things of this world, our schedules and appointments and the, all the physical aspects, and it says it's choking out the, the word of God in your life. You're sidetracked by earthly things, forgetting that all of this is going to burn up someday. Everything that you are planning for and prepping for, it's all going to, it's going to be gone. The only thing that are going to last are the eternal things. And so I just say, stop. Stop being so focused on the things of this world. The word and the world, they, can't have, they both can't have priority in your life. They both can't be number one. God's word says that over and over. Jesus is saying, if you're going to grow in the word that I'm giving you, you can't let it be choked out by the world. You can't allow the word to be choked out by the world. And so I would just like to say, stop watering the weeds, all right? Stop watering the weeds. Because I guarantee you, the more you water the weeds, the more they're going to grow up in your life. And it's going to choke out the word. And my prayer is that we all get to be fruitful. I, I would hope that's all of, where all of us are, are wanting to be, that we think we might be. And that's where verse 20 brings us. It says, others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. And I always get caught up in the 30, 60, 100. I'm like, oh, that's awesome, you know. And, uh, and I want us to go back. It says, others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. If you're going to be a part of this final group, according to these verses, you have to hear, accept, and then share the word. I mean, isn't that how you produce a crop? You have to plant more seeds, right? It has to be more than just holding on to your little handful of seeds, thinking, oh, I got my seeds. This is great, you know. It does nothing in your hands unless you go out and you share it. You have to begin to broadcast it. If you're going to be a part of the fruitful soil, you have to bear fruit And that includes more than just hearing and more than just accepting and holding on to your little handful of seeds, hoping that something awesome happens in your hands. That's not not how it works. It has to go out, okay? You have to be a disciple that is willing to make other disciples. The The health of your discipleship is based off of how much you are helping others grow in their discipleship discipleship if you're not making other disciples then according to these verses there's no crop being produced so i think you need to ask yourself this morning is the seed of god's word 
firmly established in my life? Are my roots down deep so that I'm growing and that other people are growing because of what God is doing in my life? As the praise team comes, which description best summarizes your spiritual life over the past six months? Because for me, I think there's a lot of times where I'm all four of them at different times. I'm hard-hearted at times. Uh, I'm surface level at times. I hear the message, and maybe I get sidetracked easily. I have a plan of what I'm going to do, but then it doesn't come to fruition. And then there's times where I'm actually fruitful, where I'm willing to take what God has given me through his word and willing to hear it, accept it, and then share it. And one thing that I know this morning is that no matter what soil you think that you've been over the past six months the most, guess what? God can improve your soil condition. Amen? Amen. That's right. God can always improve our soil condition. Even that path that has ruts that are so hard that no seed can get in, that soil can be tilled up and made fruitful. See, you have a choice on how you want to respond to the message, and if you're willing to submit your will to God's will, then your soil a year from now will be completely different than it is even today. So if you need to respond to God's message today, and you need to talk with someone about that response, we're going to sing a song of invitation. And as we sing this song, if, if you need to come forward and talk with someone, one of our elders will meet you up here. And we want to, again, connect with you and help you and encourage you to grow in your relationship with God. And so if you have a decision to make, will you stand with us? And will you come forward as we sing? Stand with us as we sing this morning, please.